0: The Polynesian Paralysis Podcast, Episode 13. Welcome back to the Polynesian Paralysis Podcast. I'm Jim Gaston, your host. In the last episode, we looked at an article from the March 1969 issue of the East Village Other magazine that described Polynesian paralysis as an accepted, relaxed lifestyle in Hawaii. We also discussed the difference between being relaxed and enjoying life with a healthy work-life balance, and just being lazy. In today's episode, we review the book Hawaii, The Sugar-Coated Fortress, by Francine de gray published in 1972. The book was recognized by the Newswomen's Club of New York and received the Front Page Award. The author was born in Poland in 1930 and spent her childhood in France, where her father was a French diplomat. After her father was killed in 1940, she fled with her mother at the start of World War II and the occupation of France by the Germans. Alexander Lieberman, a childhood friend of Francine's mother, accompanied them to New York City, and two years later, Mr. Lieberman and Francine's mother would marry. So Mr. Lieberman became Francine's stepfather. It's interesting to note that Mr. Lieberman became a famous Sculptor, and one of his pieces of art was installed at the University of Hawaii campus in Honolulu in 1972, the same year Miss Gray's book about Hawaii was published. The artwork, Gate of Hope, is a 30 foot tall, large red or orange steel structure that stands in front of the engineering building on the university campus. Anyway, Francine grew up in New York City and earned a BA degree in philosophy from Bernard College in 1952. She became a U.S. citizen that same year. Francine worked as a reporter, editorial assistant, freelance writer, and book editor for about 15 years until she landed a job with the New Yorker magazine as a staff writer in 1968. In 1957, she married the artist Cleve Gray, and they had two sons— In addition to her many articles and books that she wrote, she enjoyed spending time painting with her husband in their art studio in Connecticut. It was while Cleve Gray was the artist-in-residence at the Honolulu Academy of Art in 1970 that Miss Gray, as she preferred to be called, gathered the information for her book about Hawaii. It should be noted that the material in her book about Hawaii first appeared as articles in the New Yorker magazine prior to being published as a book. At the time of her death in 2019, a New York Times article described Miss Gray as a French-American writer who explored the complexities of cultural identity, the obstacles confronting women seeking their place in the world, and her own privileged but anguished early life. Miss Gray was not afraid to tackle difficult or controversial topics with her writing. Her first book, published in 1970, was titled Divine Disobedience, Profiles in Catholic Radicalism. Her second book about Hawaii takes a hard look at the history of the Hawaiian Islands and how they became part of the U.S., which is a complex and often dark story. Many people today only think of Hawaii as a tropical paradise and are unaware of the various forces or groups that arrived in Hawaii in the 1800s and systematically worked to overthrow the Hawaiian Kingdom, despite the fact that the Hawaiian Islands were formally recognized as an independent nation by the United States, England, France, and many other countries in the mid-1800s. The outside forces which led to the military coup by the U.S. Marines in 1893 were the New England missionaries who tried to convert the Hawaiians to Christianity and Western culture, the businessmen who focused on acquiring land for crops, mainly sugar, the military leaders who wanted a strategic military base in the Pacific at Pearl Harbor, and the non-Hawaiian political leaders who wanted to govern or control the islands. The citizens of Hawaii and the Hawaiian leaders strongly protested the overthrow of their kingdom and the illegal occupation of their islands by the Americans. However, their voices were ignored, and the U.S. military force was used to gain control and allow other outside forces to maintain control. Although the President of the United States at the time, Grover Cleveland, and many other American leaders disapproved of the actions of the U.S. Marines to overthrow the government of Hawaii and recognize the illegal occupation of the islands, various questionable political moves were made in Washington, which resulted in Hawaii becoming a U.S. territory in 1898. Miss Gray's book is not so much about the history of the islands, it is more an in-depth look at the life in Hawaii in the 1970s, about 12 years after becoming the 50th state of the United States. She reveals how the many different cultures—Hawaiian, American, Japanese, Chinese, Filipino, Samoan, and others—have adapted to life in Hawaii as part of the United States. If you are looking for a history of the Polynesian people who discovered the Hawaiian Islands and built a society and unique culture in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, then consider reading the novel Hawaii, written by James A. Michener. James Michener commented on Miss Gray's book. He writes, With a sharp ear for actual dialogue and a devastating wit, and with a keen sense of social and political developments, Miss Gray has summarized recent happenings in our 50th estate. He goes on to say, She is a furious champion of the native-born Hawaiians, and she takes wide swipes at the military who occupy the island, the Japanese who run it politically, the Chinese who seem to run it economically, and the missionary descendants who really run it. Despite all the Hawaiian people have endured over the last 200 years, they remain a proud and friendly people reflecting the aloha spirit of their culture. On page 11 of her book, Miss Gray includes a mention of Polynesian paralysis. She is interviewing a visiting professor from the mainland who is teaching at the University of Hawaii in Honolulu. The professor, who is a visitor to Hawaii, is perplexed. Some of the Japanese students are trying hard to get good grades, But for the rest, he says, you can't get them off the beach. The professor blames the lack of attention to academic study on Polynesian paralysis. He goes on to note that there is a growing resentment toward the white mainland foreigners, but it's hard to get the students organized to protest when they're at the beach all the time. Later in her book, on page 136, Miss Gray notes that many Hawaiians are affiliation-oriented as opposed to being achievement-oriented. Hawaiians will work in a spirit of helpfulness towards the community rather than from a desire for personal recognition or gain. A Hawaiian will choose to honor a commitment to a friend rather than seek personal benefit. Where most people might choose a modern car as a status symbol, The Hawaiian finds greater pleasure in spending weeks remodeling an old car working with his friends and relatives. According to Miss Gray, the Hawaiian will put out a gigantic amount of labor if he is allowed to work with a group of peers and set his own pace. The Hawaiian lifestyle promotes working together till the task is finished, then spending time enjoying life. Dr. Ronald Gallimore earned his Ph.D. from Northwestern University in 1964 and is a Distinguished Professor Emeritus at UCLA Psychiatry and Behavioral Sciences Department. From 1968 to 1971, Dr. Gallimore was Associate Professor of Psychology and Anthropology at the University of Hawaii. He spent three years studying a small Hawaiian community to better understand various aspects of Hawaiian life and culture. On page 137, he tells Miss Gray, I can't for the world figure out what the Hawaiian wants. However, in a few decades, we may be on our knees begging the Hawaiians to teach us how to live. Miss Gray goes on to describe how the Hawaiian lifestyle and culture was, as she says, never tainted by the Calvinist work ethic. Devoid of the individualistic profit-making drives that have brought our world to the edge of disaster. Enjoying his leisure without guilt. Living in tribal communes that have been traditional for him for centuries. The Hawaiians may be providing a prophetic clue for the way of life in the 21st century. As we discussed in the previous episode, Polynesian paralysis is not being lazy. Polynesian Paralysis is the ability to have a healthy work-life balance where you can work together for communal benefit in harmony with nature so everyone can enjoy life. Polynesian Paralysis allows you to take time each day to be still, relax, appreciate nature, and enjoy life. In the next episode of the Polynesian Paralysis Podcast, we'll review an article from the February 1972 issue of the Saturday Review. Until then, take time each day to relax and enjoy life. Enjoy Polynesian Paralysis.